comment section. Wonderful. Let people kind of get, uh, jump on Facebook here. That would be wonderful. Can you see how my lip? <laughs> oh, you see it. You already told me that. I'm not kissing you. I'm just uh, not kissing the internet. My uh, my dog got excited. His, his daughter was getting all riled up. The dog jumped on me, and she jumped up on the couch where I was sitting there to nail my puppy. Cut my lip. I, I, I grabbed my face because I didn't I didn't yelp. I didn't shriek. Didn't push the dog in anger. I just took it. I did the best I can. Like I blew I blew my hand away. He's like, Dad. Okay, welcome to the Flint City Book Club. My name is Russell Anise. I'm Angie. Um, we are married people to each other, yeah. uh, to one another, and we both like books. Mm-hmm. We read. We are readers. Uh, we, you, behind us, you see, there's a lot of books behind us, and that there's books on both sides of us. We like books. Um, I actually, my, I'm playing with me. I tattoo next year. I might get a tattoo. Uh, you heard it here first. Uh, if, I get, if I get a tattoo, it will say, I like books. That will be my first and only tattoo that I have. Oh, my goodness. I'm not going to like it. No, you don't want to. Maybe needles are scary. They shouldn't be tattooed. I don't think If tattoos are sinful, I don't want you to follow me in this, oh. in this way. Oh. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so, yeah, welcome to Book Club. Um, what I want to do this is this. Um, for those of you that are jumping on, if you have... Any thoughts or questions about the reading, go ahead and throw them up right away so we can kind of see them and hit them as we're going. I'd um, love to hear some of your thoughts about the reading this um, this week. We are in the book, The Life You've Always Wanted by John Ortberg. It has this nice green, um, like, meadowy dock. It's a deck, right? It's a dock going out in the yeah. water cover. Um, I really enjoy this book. Um, it's a book on spiritual disciplines. Um it's a book on spiritual disciplines, also known as holy habits. This week, we talked about three habits. Talked about service, confession, and guidance. So we'll go through these three chapters together today, and uh, we'll talk about. It. So we'll start with a chapter called "Appropriate Smallness," Chapter Seven. Appropriate smallness. Um, this is the uh, discipline of service um so babe starting off anything you read in this chapter that stood out to you as you were reading i um i just like that he talks at the beginning about how this is kind of the antidote to pride in its various forms um and he talks about different different um expressions i guess of pride so that we can measure um he talks about vanity and stubbornness like if you always have to have your way because you think it's right, then that might come from pride. Um, exclusion, if you find yourself um, being judgmental instead of loving, that those might be symptoms of pride in your life. And that um, the opposite of that is humility and really to, I guess, um, cultivate humility in your life is by serving others. And I just thought that was a really good progression to look at, you know, Look at what's wrong, and then these are the steps to try to correct that. I think in these three chapters we're talking about today, seven, eight, nine, this this is kind of his form. He addresses like this is kind of a problem we have, and here's a, a solution, a habit to combat the problem. 
And this, uh, the first one is pride. I always say, now, I say this, I don't know if it's true, it's just something I've, I've it's just something I, I say, you say things right, I always say there's three, three sins that all men I know battle with. Uh, the sin of pride, the sin of laziness, and the sin of anger. Yeah, that's, that's more of them than that. <laughs> so lazy, no, like, like, forget laziness. I always say anger, I say so wrath, um, I say pride, and I say lust. Those are the three I would say. Um, and pride is one of them. The, the, the pride of always being right, the pride of stubbornness. Um, and it's hard to kill that thing. And um, humility is the, it's anti-pride is humility. And humility, I love how he defines humility in this book. And humility is a hard thing to grasp. A lot of people think humility is... Um, Self-deprecating? Yeah. I'm no good. Yeah. I'm not talented. I'm not gifted. And that's not... The thing about pride, um, a mentor once told me that um, being self-effacing is the same pride as being self-grandizing uh, because mm. uh, it's still focus on the self. Even though I hate myself, I'm still staring at myself. It's just two sides of the same exact coin. Um, humility, he, I love how he defines it, self-forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking at me all the stinking time. Every thought I have is not about me and my feelings and my past and my story. There are other people in the world, there's other things happening, and they're not about me. They're not about me. Um, humility is, is this powerful, powerful thing in this way that it's just forgetting the self. I remember Rich Mullins wrote about humility in one. He used to write for that magazine, that Christian music magazine. CCM. Not CCM. There was a, it had an R. I thought it was an R. Yeah. Okay. There's a magazine called R. Relevant. Yes, Relevant <laughs> magazine. This is a '90s CCM girl right here. A uh, Relevant magazine did uh, Rich used to do articles, and oh, they were so good. Um, he wrote about humility. He just said, man, he said, learn the names of all the trees between your house and the park. And just walk in there. He's talking about just ways to see creation, to see others. Um, and it's the, the getting out of your own head is so powerful. And he said one of the ways to, as he said, one of the ways to, ca- to cultivate humility is serving others. And serving others uh, silently. Relevant Magazine was awesome. It was. It was awesome. Um but yes, it's serving others without um, being um, praised, and that's tough for us mm-hmm. um, in our in our day and age. Um, think about how the wealthy give things away. People would give money to a hospital; it'd be the big check, right? Like I'm giving a hundred G's to this hospital, and it's like they build a wing called like the the Herbert Hoover wing of the hospital because <laughs> he gave all this cheese money, and that is someone doing something they're receiving immediate praise for it. Jesus talks about that. He says, when you get praise from man, from people, your reward, that, that's your reward. That's all you're getting. That, that, that reward you're getting from people's adoration, praise. And we do this in small ways. Um, I know people that can't help anyone in the world without documenting on Facebook. I gave this homeless guy a sandwich. And we, we, we I'm not trying to dog them too bad. I'm just saying. It's probably better that they're doing that. Yeah, I'm glad like, they're giving the like, dude a sandwich. is good. But doing it in silence is like, I'm not doing this for anyone to give me a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. I'm not, do, it's, it's, I always do the old, the old joke is uh, if I'm doing something in the house, I might be like, you know, I might do the dishes and be like, Angie, I did the dishes. Like I want to get something, like I want to be like, oh, 
yes, it's a good job, Nesta. Like, doing it just to serve. It, it fights that desire to be exalted. It fights the desire to be recognized, that desire to be famous. And that's a good thing to kill. Um, that desire to be exalted is a dangerous animal. Celebrity, it's weird. In our, in our day and age, celebrity may be one of the great temptations. Um, in my generation, it was wealth was the thing. I, like, I remember when I graduated high school, my um, principal said to all of us graduates, a public school, Waterford, Michigan, the, the principal said, follow the money. That was what we were told, follow the money. But now people seem more interested on fame than people have their own YouTube channels or Twitch streams. Um, I have 30 people that watch my thing. Like, we want platforms. We want to be seen. We want to do things. And not for money. Like, money is a byproduct. But kind of people, fame has its own inherent, you know, 30 people. Dude, last night, last, so, uh, should I say this? I don't know. I'm going, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get, Fame, but <laughs> I have a social media platform. I, I, I work on. I love to do my stuff on. <laughs> so I, like I keep. I, I, I don't want to make myself famous. And I, all I do is I used to be able to block. Well, now I've been saying I just say boo. Like all I say, I just like I just go boo boo. So instead of a lurker, you're now a troll. <laughs> I'm a, but, but I'm a troll with my name and my my name and my face. Here's me. But I troll about dumb things. And someone like, one guy wrote, what's the worst restaurant in Why Is It Chipotle? And I was like, boo, boo. And so I'm just being stupid. Well, my booing has now, I started booing real things. Like people say things I don't like and I get to say I, I boo them. Well, now all of a sudden people are starting to like, follow my booing. And I'm not, okay, I'm not doing it to be, I'm just, I don't know what I'm doing. But a guy like gave me a heart. And like started like hurting all my posts, and I started laughing, and it, it, it it's a weird dopamine hit in your brain. Unseen service, serving for the sake of the the one being served, and serving to glorify the Lord. It helps kill that thing you want to be exalted. Um, the serving is good, um, and we of course we learn to serve from Jesus, uh, the great servant. Jesus, who said, I have not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. This is the heart of Jesus. Jesus, what does it say Philippians 2? It says that he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a servant. This is what Jesus does. And Jesus is our example. The king of kings came to earth. Like he served 12 dudes. He, when they were all too good at goods washing their feet, he washed their feet. As I serve you, you serve others. This is who our hero is. Jesus is our hero. And he was a servant. So that's Acts 9. Um, I think just the concept of appropriate smallness, it's helpful to keep in mind. A lot of times when we start to serve and intentionally um, conceal it or serve you know, in hidden ways, there's still that desire in us for acknowledgement. There's that desire to be seen, um, but we need to direct that to the right place. Like we need to keep in mind that if we're serving for God's glory, He sees us, and He, like that, that is enough. And it kind of takes the pressure off. Like not only do I have to work for other people's, I don't have to work for other people's accolades because the Lord sees me, and that's 
what should matter because he's the one that's supposed to be in that spot anyway, not everybody else and their approval. It could be. Got a good question coming down through the uh, the text says, uh, how do you balance pride when one of your loved ones is on the road to reformation? Uh, being affirmed is not a bad thing. Um, being appreciated, being uh, yeah. Um, so I would say this when it comes to this is um, okay. So I, I say this all the time when I try. And I, it's, a, it's a thing I go to. Uh, most little boys in the world are usually praised about what they do. Uh, their accomplishments. Oh, you did great in basketball. Oh, you got an A on your math test. So little boys are often praised for what they do, while little girls are often praised for how they look. Your hair is so pretty. Your dress is so nice. Um, now, I, we try as parents to affirm our children uh, for their heart and for their soul. If I see um, one of my kids include someone on the outside, you know, bring someone to their friend group, I will praise that because that is that I'm, I'm affirming this act of love you gave. Um, so, I'm not so I'm not saying don't affirm someone's beauty or don't affirm someone's um, actions, but I would say um, affirm people's hearts, affirm their soul, affirm what is worth affirming. Um, yeah, so doing things, okay, so I'm a pastor and I do things for people. And sometimes people will say thank you. People will say kind things to me. I used to try to duck those words, and now I receive it. I say thank you. I don't just say, it's all the Lord. I, I don't say that. I say thank you for saying that. Thank you for your words of appreciation. I, I, I value them. They are they're kind. I, I'm thankful to receive those kind words, but I don't live my life trying to get them. If they come, I'm grateful, but I'm not doing the things to get the high five. I'm doing this, those things for the Lord. So um, that's, I guess that's the only way I know how to, to, to engage that, that, that kind of question. I hope, mm -hmm. it, I hope that answers the question a little bit. Um, oh, man. Uh, Dave says, I read social media, exercise social media on our emotional state. How does it make you feel when your post gets no likes? Some people think it's a lot of likes. Dude, listen, kids, this is hard for children mm -hmm. and teenagers. You post things and, and get no likes. You feel like no one likes you. No one loves you. No one cares. It's tough out there. It's a tough thing. But again, the point of this chapter is serving others. And as a Christian, serving is part of our it's, it's one of our go-to moves. One of our like, it's what we do. We serve people. Um, so we're gonna move on to our next chapter. Confession. Chapter eight. Confession. Now, before we move on. Let's go ahead and deal with the elephant in the room. We're, we're a Protestant church. Uh, probably evangelical is the word we use to describe what we are. Uh, we believe the Bible is true. Uh, we believe, uh, yeah, our, our high view of Scripture makes us evangelical Protestants. Um, ca confession is usually a Catholic word. Because um, our, our Catholic brothers and sisters... Um, have a thing you go to um, they, they, you go into like a little uh, room and you'll speak to a priest saying these are my sins and, and they'll hear your confession they'll forgive you and usually give you um, a uh, penance like say five Hail Marys and um, you know pray five Hail Marys and give ten dollars to the church the offering whatever um, confession we're talking about today is not confession to a priest in a religious service okay it's not going to the church and saying confession for the sake of a priest to forgive you of your sins. This is different. This is between you and the Lord. Um, and um, I think Protestants, I think our tradition, um, 
we are so like the Protestant Catholics they fought for a long time. There's a lot of animosity between those two groups. And so the Protestants basically, if if it was Catholic at all, the Protestants like we can't do that because the Protestants they can't have weekly communion. They don't have art in their churches. What a loss! Mm. The Catholic churches, even their buildings, preach sermons. Like the way of the cross is a beautiful reality. There are churches in, in Europe that are shaped like crosses because even the design is meant to glorify God. And now in America, we just build big squares and say, this ugliness is for the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh, we have a quote at the beginning of the chapter. What's the quote at the beginning of this chapter? Uh, oh, Bonhoeffer. Bonhoeffer is a stud. Read the quote at the beginning of the chapter, babe. Many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is suddenly discovered among the righteous. So we remain alone with our sins, living in lies and hypocrisy. He who is alone with his sins is utterly alone. Okay. Confession exists because sin exists. And here's the crazy thing. Even Christ following sin. Um, we, you know, I, I, I sinned this morning. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm saying, I, um, morning. I, I lost my temper at um, just, I couldn't get some, I, I, I just, you know how things get stuck on things, you can't move, I, I just started, like, I started, like, I threw a chair across the yard, um, I mean, it was, I was, I, I was, you were the perfect rage monster. I was a rage <laughs> monster this morning, I, I lost my temper, and it was, I, it was hard to get it back, um, over nothing, like, sin is real, sin is a real thing, and sin not only is it real, but sin, um, it likes the dark. Mm-hmm. It thrives in the dark. Sin, if it can make you alone, it owns you. This is why in AA, like, really one of the first things we do is having to, to name the sins or declare it. That's why most meetings in Alcoholics Anonymous start off, my name is so-and-so, and I'm an alcoholic. There is power in that admission of my sinfulness. I am a sinner. <laughs> um, that's really funny. Um, sorry, there's a comment about, about the Hail Mary and calories. I still get some of that. Um, so sin is a real thing, and sin is an awful thing. Um, sin is a horrifying thing. Sin separates. Sin breaks marriages. Sin breaks friendships. Sin breaks families. Sin broke the whole world. Sin is bad. Sin is bad. Because sin is bad, what do we do? How do we fight against the power of sin in our lives? And one of the tools is this discipline of confession. Um, and this confession is both to the Lord and to other people. Yeah, it can go into both. Does it, in the yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do you? Th- I'll go ahead and get, take take some take some baton here. Um, just one of the quotes that stood out to me that I think is helpful because I think a lot of times when we talk about confession, there's this there's this fine line we have to walk in between sometimes people might feel convicted about something and so confess something that maybe didn't need to be said out loud didn't you know, it might it might hurt someone more or do more damage and there are some things that we um, that we do need to go to a person and one of the things he said is that it helps to know what our tendencies are whether we tend to beat ourselves up or let ourselves off the hook and even just in private confession Sometimes, you know, you might confess something and then it keeps coming back to your mind and there's um, shame or whatever and you need to, you know, 
I just I think it's helpful to know yourself in that way because some of us tend to be more like I didn't do anything wrong, yep. and some of us tend to be more like the tiniest mistake that is not a willful sin at all is is something that we beat ourselves up for. So we need to be really, I, and that kind of goes into the next topic too. We need to be kind of sensitive to the spirit and know ourselves well enough to know so that we're not erring on one side or the other. That's real good. I mean, sometimes I will preach. And the people who, like, are living the life that's described in the sermon are the ones who are like, oh, Pastor, I'm not doing good. Like, the ones who are, like, sacks of crap, who are doing <laughs> nothing for the Lord are like, do to do to do do sermon was good. The people that are, like, doing it and killing for the Lord, they're the ones that feel the, they feel the worst about it. So you have a very good uh, point about it. They're not really sacks of crap, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but confession... Um, what Andrew's saying is true. We're going to say this real practically. I hear stories all the time of someone calls me, like someone will be like, hey, I, uh, I feel like I have this sin against my old college roommate. I want to call him and confess that I used to think bad about him. I'm like, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> like, you're going to call this dude and be like, hey, old roommate of mine, I used to talk so much crap about you and I'm sorry. And they're like, and they're like what the stink? Where did this come from? Like 20 years you yeah. bring up all these old wounds. So, so every time, so... There's wisdom that needs to be applied to this, but confession, when it comes to the sin in the dark, confession is a powerful tool. Um, whether it's addiction, like if you're struggling with addiction. Listen, I, I remember a family member of ours started uh, battling with sleeping pills, and they talked about it. And that that bringing into the light gave, it, it named the tr- struggle, it, co- it helped them develop a plan to go forward. It was an awesome thing to behold and to witness. Um, it, it can kind of take away some of the power of that sin because sometimes it's the sin and the the hiddenness of it and it's if you take the one away then the sin just doesn't it doesn't have as much power as it maybe would have if you're alone with it that's i think that's that's very true so sin uh confession it 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 helps with guilt and confession it um i wrote down a word i can't read what it says (laughs) Um, I think too. There's kind. Of, there's a distinction um, between guilt and shame. Like when there is sin, there is true guilt. Like you, if you are guilty, then that's you know that conviction of guilt can be from the Holy Spirit. Like it talks at the very end about how the giving of the burden is an act of grace. Like that's the Spirit convicting you. The guilt, like that's not something to just dismiss. Um, but once it is confessed, then you know if that shame keeps coming back, then you need to let that go. Because the release from the burden is it is another act of grace. Amen. Confess something we're very bad at as people. I try to confess um, um, to my fa- like my family, um, my wife especially. Um, when I preach, I try to share openly about some of the struggles I have from the pulpit because I want the church, I want everyone to hear that um, I want people to hear that I am um, a sinner. I want people to think I'm untouchable or beyond them. Dave Delon asked the question. He says, your experience with people confess too much or too little. That's a, man, it's, people are different. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember I was a Bible study once and this guy that I, no one knew. He was a brand new guy and he just like, I don't know, he's like, man, I've been going to the adult bookstore so much. And we're just like, ayo, like, holy cow, dude. And that instance, we, there's not a lot of brotherhood there. We don't know this person and I, I, I always say, you know, I say to people that come to confession, I say, 
choose your professor wisely. Choose someone who is uh, someone you trust, who's trustworthy. You know, some of the professors you're saying some of this gossip about really terrible. So choose someone that's that's trustworthy, someone who's godly, someone who you look up to. That that's probably a great person to confess to. And um, not every sin demands a sit down coffee confession. Some is just conversational. Um, a good friend, maybe a kind of someone you pray with every week or something. Um, so in my instance, it's, I've I've known both. I've known people have confessed too much or too little. Mm-hmm. Um, I've known both. Yeah, it's a matter of knowing yourself and and trying to be wise in that. Which what what do I give away of myself? Um, good, that's real good. So going to the last one, we're we're coming to the and this this book time goes by so fast. Holy cow! <laughs> Okay, so the guided life. Uh, this is about the discipline of guidance from the Holy Spirit. This is probably the hardest one, because the other ones are like serve somebody. You, you, serving someone can be yeah. Then you have the idea of confession. Tell someone, share, speak. Tell go to God. God, I've sinned against you, and and apologize. Receiving guidance from the Holy Spirit is, is a very spiritual, mystical, mysterious thing. Um, what's the, what's the quote to start off this chapter, babe? There's no quote on that one, is there? Well, there is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Thomas Kelly. This is it. Go read it, baby. There is a way of ordering our mental life on more than one level at once. On one level, we may be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external authority. But deep within, behind the scenes, at a profound, profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, and a gentle receptiveness to divine leading. Um, who's our boy? Brother Andrew wrote about this in a book called the pra- Practicing the Presence of God. Uh, he would do dishes, but in his heart and mind, he is seeking the Lord. Sometimes I'll turn my uh, radio off when I'm driving. And I'm not, okay, I'm not closing my eyes. I'm not like, no. But when I'm driving my car, but I will turn the radio off as I'm driving. Even though I'm paying attention to the cars around me and the lights and my, you know, the dashboard, I am, I am walking out God in that space of my mind. This idea from Thomas Kelly reminds me of a quote from the movie The Shawshank Redemption where he says there's that place within you, that place in here that no one can get to. Mm-hmm. And that, I, I, that, and Morgan Freeman is like, what are you talking about? And he's like, what, hope? And the classic line, hope's a dangerous thing in a place like this. But when Tim Robbins describes that place of safety in himself, that is where I live with the Lord. Mm-hmm. That place where I mean, I have. I remember once I had cookies on my hands. I, you know, hand went to the window and they had a cook, picked me up. And they didn't have any an- antiseptics. They had picked me up with no like um, numbing thing, just straight up needle. I remember I just closed my eyes. I just went. We I went to the way of the Lord and we found, and it was like, it's, I still would already hurt, but it was like I, I could take it. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, um, the guided life, babe. Any thoughts on the guided life? Um. It is, it's tough because it's very abstract, very ethereal. Very much. I think of the verse that just says, pray without ceasing. And a lot of times people think, well, how can you possibly do that? Because you got to live your life. But it is, it's that, it's that underneath. So you're just, whatever else you're doing, um, you're just conversing with the Lord. And that's not just talking, that's also listening. Um, and I mean, just the biggest thing about it, I think, is that there were several quotes about you know the voice speaks to you all the time you just fail to listen I think the song like he's not 
silence, we are not listening. It's um, that holy he's, CCM, man. <laughs> I know, um, but it's just you know that he's he's always just there waiting um, to have that communion with us. But it's something. It's a practice that you really have to develop over time because that's one of the big questions I think that people have when they're trying to grow is how do I hear the voice of God or how do I know the will of God? And the answer is hard because it's, it is so abstract, but it's just, you got to practice. And he talks about how you got to start small. Like you I can't love just, that. Yeah. You can't just come to him like, okay, who do I marry? You know, it's gotta be like, <laughs> right. it's gotta be right. a day in and day out. Cause you have to learn to hear his voice because there are so many voices and there are people that, you know, we joke about that will be <laughs> like, we, you know, they love us and have a great plan for our lives or whatever. But we need to be able to discern when God is actually speaking. And so you ha- you just have to practice. It's just got to be little by little, um, day in and day out. And the other thing that he really um, touched on was that you have to then be responsive. Because if you do hear, hear his voice and dismiss it or disregard it, then it's going to be harder to hear the next time. So What's the word? You quench the spirit. And yeah. you learn to quench the spirit. It's it's in him. He says be um he says be be very responsive, be immediately responsive, um, be relentlessly responsive. Yeah. Um if God's prompts you, do it. Mm-hmm. Like and as you learn to hear and react when he prompts you, you become more sensitive to that leading. And it's a powerful, powerful change in life. Um that requires though that sensitivity to oh man, I think God's telling me to do this. I think God's telling me to, to engage in such a conversation. I think God's telling me to visit so-and-so or to call so-and-so or to text this morning. The Lord prompted me to call a sweet sister in Christ. And I, I, I can't even tell you what happened. It's just God, just hearing him prompt and responding is a big deal. And then be, starting small. Man, seek the Lord in the small things. Seek the Lord in, um, man, I can't even think of start small like should i should i subscribe to hbo max <laughs> that's not so stupid i know but i'm saying it's you know what is it 20 bucks a month just ask the lord for things like that they're like i almost get yeah learn to hear the holy spirit to really speak to you to, to, to be prompted and guided by the holy spirit it's one of the key, they call this discernment in the Bible, mm-hmm. discerning what the Lord is doing. Um, but discernment comes with time, mm-hmm. experience, learning to listen. Um, this again, this might be one of the hardest of all the disciplines because it is, it takes, it takes, there's got to be room in your life, there's got to be practice. Uh, so don't feel bad if you're not good at, at, at receiving this kind of guidance initially. I think the other, one of the other things to keep in mind is that God doesn't necessarily speak to us all the same. He doesn't sound the same to all of us. So you can't just say, you know, to someone, teach me, you know, what does it sound like? I mean, it might be similar, but he might speak to different people in different ways. So you just need to develop it on your own. And it's a it's a hard and it's a draw, drawn out process. It is. And we, we used it for 30 minutes already. That's fast. We're finishing the book next week. I will be putting out, I think today, a list of all the books for the year for the book club. So look for that uh, later on in the day. Uh, if you're coming to this late, go ahead and leave your uh, comments, and we'll watch the Facebook uh, so Facebook feed. And if we see a comment come later, we'll respond to it as they come. We'll be here next week at 12. 
um, the support of, you know, building this over time, our little Twin City Book Club. With that said, God bless everybody. Have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Um, the last two seconds were pretty awesome. So we'll see you next Tuesday at noon. Uh, as always, I'm Ernesto. I'm Angie. And we'll see you guys next week or before then. Um, and we'll add a video. Bye.